Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Comments Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Erin. And, of course, the crime junkies are doing anything besides crime junking, but that's old news to you. Um, It's it's right into the summer. The heat index keeps rising. It's raining here every other day. So I hope you, you're, you're hydrated and your sunscreen is on. The weather is not playing with us this year. <laughs> The thunderstorms have been insane. Yeah, I'm I'm a little shocked by those. I hate thunderstorms, so. Oh, that's. Fun. Yeah, I sleep to the sound of rain and thunderstorms, like mm-hmm. inorganically through the TV. So I don't mind it, but like the constant, almost power outages, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the scary stuff. Also, like I've been taking my dog out once the sun goes down because i'm trying to avoid like when the pollen's high mm-hmm. and for like three days straight whenever i went outside the sky was purple and there was just <laughs> lightning going around i was like well <laughs> uh, i guess we're in monsoon season because what the hell <laughs> but yes marion is here to join me on another sea dram oh wait see drama rant i mean it's a rant it's a good review it's i don't know how my feelings are complicated mm-hmm. anyway today we will be doing a review recap rating ranting on the 2022 um highly decorated uh chinese historical a dream of splendor a dream of splendor started airing in june 2nd and just got done on the 26th it's 40 episodes 45 minutes of episode starring um crystal lu whose uh chinese name is uh lu lu Fei and chin chow who i love and you know a great little cast it's um women centered i think it's also woman written and directed let me check that it's definitely woman written and then uh, let's see and woman directed so you know that's not common in you know historical drama land i mean drama land period and so this was a great (laughs) show at the beginning and then it fizzled out (sighs) the last arc the last like five to ten episodes so the whole story follows um a character named zhao pan er who's you know a tea house owner and her little sister and i guess older sister is how we'll kind of um divide these stories they're the three main characters is basically showing you how even in the very misogynistic very patriarchal historical times of what i think is the tongue Song dynasty, Tang dynasty. I think this is Tang. Mm, no, yeah, I think this might be Tang. Um, uh, and how they are, you know, independent women running a tea house, being business women, all that good stuff, and you know the pitfalls of you know depending on men falling in love, all that great stuff. My five minute non spoiler review that it's good, but the writing was ass the last one. <laughs> the last like 10 episodes not even 10 i want to say eight i'm gracious with it the acting superb the chemistry off the charts dear um even the storytelling the storytelling for like a a third of the story is great it's the way you wrap shit up is awful and i absolutely hate that about most for those of you who are tuning in for the first time i am a 
my pet peeve is that when a good story ends badly, um, because what was the point of me spending? Yeah, <laughs> so much time, especially for watching it. girl. <laughs> Forty episodes. Y'all put me on this roller coaster for this shit to end whack. And it's not like we didn't get a happy ending. We did get a happy ending, but all of the like, um, feminist pro women world building and character building that they did just fell apart towards the end and you're just like where was my message we were we were doing so good and it's and i feel like it's a thing that a lot of writers run into it's like oh we have to have conflict because you know y'all don't want boring domestic shit would really all we want is boring domestic shit like Like, in theory, this story works. Like, if you heard somebody talk about the ending of the story, you're like, oh, okay, full circle, we're bringing it all round and round. The execution of it is plain doo-doo. <laughs> and so, let me just, let me inform Marin about why it's plain doo-doo. So, we have these three characters. We have Zao Penner, who is, I guess you could say the middle list, if you were looking at this, like a sister-sibling thing. They're not actually sisters and siblings, uh-huh. but they're friends, right? And then we have... um um Sanyang who is the oldest and then we have Yinzang who is the youngest. So Panar her whole story is that she was the daughter of a general who was basically condemned for breaking um imperial like an edict. It was like in the middle of a war. He didn't want he didn't he wasn't going to watch citizens die so he like opened the gates to save them and it was like, "Oh, you broke the law, so we're going to kill you, execute um execute you, send your family off miles and miles away and your daughter ends up becoming a pariah." And if I'm not mistaken, let me just google to double check. But a pariah is like um it's not a ginting Mm-hmm. like that parai is like it's a it's a person who's been like trained to do um trained to do music and like perform for ministers and stuff like that but they're not prostitutes they're not sex workers okay but that status alone is a lowly status right and so uh, she ended up having to be a pariah. And so her, how these women meet in this this one county is that uh, the the older sister of the youngest girl, her actual older sister, saved Zalpen or so Zalpen or promised this woman that she would look after her youngest sister. Now Yingzen, who's the youngest sister, is um, we'll call her Song. We'll go by their last names because I don't want to keep pronouncing them wrong. So Song is she is. You know, she's a musical genius. She plays, mm, I just forgot the name of the instrument, but it's like a Chinese, it's a string instrument, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a small guitar. I know it's not what it's called. It's going to kill me because I'm definitely going to think of the name of it <laughs> after we get done. But she's like amazing, but she's also a pariah. I think her whole family's been like um, musicians their entire life right and then you have son who is the oldest of the three women she's married she has a son um she used to be a butcher's daughter but now she's married to this man and so she's trying to get her son to be you know um you know past the imperial exam he's like 14 um past the imperial exams all that stuff so there's these three women and panar and panar and um panar uh is currently running a tea house um you know, it's 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 good. It makes money, and Sun makes all the desserts, and so like you know, and you know the women are doing their things, and so the story starts off with this whole case where they're trying to confirm the virtue of the current empress. The current empress, her whole story is that she 
got to the palace like years ago um but i think she was also a, a pariah of low status and so there's this painting that basically proves that she was either married to somebody before or she's not who she says she is basically right mm-hmm. and so our main male character um gu chifan i'll just call him gu he's just like uh he is the he's one he's an officer at the capital security office so he's been taxed to find this painting to either you know this could i don't i think he was working for the emperor at the beginning and just trying to get the painting so nobody else has it because he of course the scholars and the ministers are like oh she can't be well the reason i don't like her is because she's adopted the son the prince of one of the prince of one of the emperors and basically that prince might become crown prince which means she's going to be the emperor's dog wire which means she'll be running the kingdom for a while after the emperor dies right mm-hmm. yeah so don't they don't like her because of her lowly status so that's uh-huh. how this whole story pops off so we have goo coming down to this like county to look for this painting and him and panar meets and their first meeting is not good because he points out her her status as a pariah because well well first she tried to, to i'm not even gonna lie she uh, she did wrong she was trying to not poison him but basically give there's a certain food combination that would have given him intense diarrhea <laughs> and he realized that and so he had to like kind of interrogate her and be like who are you what are, all of that and it, it basically embarrassed her so they don't get off on a good foot we can't get a fucking cute a me cute to save my life <laughs> like characters always have to start out as enemies but that's how their story starts um she ends up being at the house of the minister who has this painting because she actually sold it to him um because she had the painting at first she like trades goods and paintings that's how she gets scholars to come to her tea house and stuff like that because it's all cultural and shit and so she's at this house um gutifan almost gets killed by a whole you know a crew of assassins who come to kill the minister you know and take the painting and burn the house down and all that good stuff and so uh he like she was he didn't know she was there as she's trying to leave he shoots her in the arm <laughs> with a small arrow he says if you don't help me that thing in you will poison you and you die and so they like begrudgingly become frenemies basically mm-hmm. because she's trying to leave the capital to go um to go to uh the go she's trying to leave the county to go to the capital because she's engaged to this man who just like got third place on the imperial exam right Mm -hmm. and his servant comes to tell her um sorry i can't promise to marry you because i'm getting engaged to some powerful man's (sighs) daughter after she spent three years feeding and you know caring for this man so he can go take this test again he was going to kill himself because he didn't pass the exam the first time. And she nursed him back to health and loved him for three years for him to get third place, which is crazy. Like he has a title at third place and be like, oh no, sorry. I'm finna- I have no choice but to go marry this powerful man because he's the empress's or he's like some kind of imperial consort's um, relative. And if I don't marry him, they're going to kill me what okay right right you see do you see the dilemmas we're having at the beginning of the story yes because 
obviously it's bad as shit. But and so that's how you know. And so Gucci fan is running from people who are trying to kill him. Right? He's known as like the they call him the living devil because he never dies or whatever. Because you know his office like tortures people and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But um. So they're like in this kind of frenemies issue. Along the way, we find out that Sun, the oldest of the girls, her shit face husband divorced her and had a widow adopt her son. Right? Now, why did her son say, oh, I'm cool with this. I fucking hate you, mom, because all you do is make me study. Ah! (laughs) And so she tried to kill herself and they, you know, they saved her, um, you know, Panar and Gu saved her from dying, right? Now, the reason that they're all leaving the county not only to go to the capital, the song, the youngest one, bless her heart, is naive as fuck. And so, of course, there's this this suave man who's going to promise to, um, you know, he's a powerful man who's going to promise to, you know, get rid of her pariah status. Because the only way you can get rid of your status is if somebody, like, vouches for you at court or something like that. And Panar, she got her status removed because the emperor was just like, oh, even if this man broke imperial edict, he was still a good general. So she was relieved of her status. And so throughout the story, they're trying to relieve Song of her status because she hates it because people think, you know, that um, lowly of them just because they are, they perform for people, right? And so Song ends up running away with all of her money with this man. <laughs> And, you know, Panar is like, I can only protect her for so long. If this is the decision she's going to make, you know, we have to stick by her, do whatever. So everybody's leaving the county. Um, Panar, Gu, and Sun are together, right? They go over to the next county. This is where Song and her men are at. And they find out this man has been keeping her tied up. Oh, my God. In his house, using all of her money making her he's like i know you have more money i know you have more money and she does have more money but who has her money her sister because her sister was like of course i'm not going to give you your entire inheritance that your dead sister left me to protect you right and so he's abusing her they have to figure out that case goo even helps them and so you see them falling in love and there's this one moment where song looks at goo and i'm just like if they make these two women fight over this man, I'm going to chuck some shit across the room. Because you don't understand. Potter and Goo have such a fucking good, like, chemistry. Like, uh-huh. the, um, like Yifeng and Chin Chao are great actors. And to see them just, like, they have this little tiki-taka in the boat. And I was like, see? No, you already, I'm already, in, I fell in love with these characters, like, from, like, it only took, like, two episodes. I was like, oh, I love everybody all fucking ready, right? I'm down for the count. And so, there's all of this other stuff that's happening and so the girls decide that they're gonna go to the capital um they get the help of goo well first they have to go to the capital and they confront her fucking fiance because what the fuck do you mean you can't marry me after you just got after you promised me this for three years so we get to the capital and it's kind of a complicated thing and on one hand it's like um his name is Ouyang shu i'm just gonna call him oh oh we'll call him we'll call him Shu. Okay, so Shu is like, he's one third graduate, but this like inspector is like, oh, but you're gonna marry my uh, my daughter, because I said so, all of that. And so, on one hand, you're like, oh, he's trying to protect Panar from this woman who has seemingly done 
um, wronged by any other woman that's approached him now that they're like supposed to be engaged. Mm-hmm. And so you're like, oh, okay, he's trying to protect her, but everything he's doing, he's not really telling her that. He's like just being like, oh, I can't marry you. Oh, I can't marry you. Let me hire some gangsters to, you know, bully her and kick her out, like kick her out of the capital and all this other shit. And I'm just like, oh, this man, uh, fuck this man, right? <laughs> right at this moment, you're like, fuck this human being, um, because protect her, but you're not communicating. You're not communicating, and so at one point, it just goes from protecting her to wanting to just save his face, mm-hmm. save his own ass, and so he ends up becoming a a, a a scholar for Tower Priest, which is looked down upon, and he gets sent from the capital. And he's like, I'm gonna come back to the capital and I'm gonna be like Gu, um, because he saw Gu like getting his status raised at a young age. He's like, Oh my god, I'm gonna come back and be like him. And he's like saying that he loves Ponner, and I'm like, You don't love her. You literally had her dragged out, almost dragged out of the capital and had shit thrown at her because you were making her out to seem to be like some crazy woman who's just coming after you. So there's that and so the story continues and it's basically these women they end up opening a great tea shop of course they encounter misogyny because um you know other you know men who work in the capital don't like that there's women running a business a business oh my god like fuck you um (laughs) um and so, you know, there's a lot of stories. It's, it's a lot of um, pro-women stuff. You know, we do reach great arcs in everybody's story. Like Song, the youngest, she does end up falling for another guy. Here's my thing. Somebody on Twitter, one of my mutuals, and I don't remember who you are, but, um, oh, actually, you know who you are. Um, when I was when I was like, oh, I'm concerned that they're going to make uh, Ponner and Song have beef over mm-hmm. goo she was like oh you don't have to worry about that even the actress had to speak about that on weebo i was like oh, okay i kept watching the series i was like who lied to me who fucking lied to me this woman <laughs> thought that goo and this other dude who was like a, a minister over like the musical department or whatever um were both in love with her goo was literally <laughs> treating her like his little sister like he brought her music because you know she's special upon her so he's like brought her music you know he gives her good advice about like when she goes to perform for these ministers like you know be careful um these these bitches are shady and shit like that and her in her mind is like oh my god this man loves me because he also like helped save her um when she w- went to go sue the man who was like keeping her abusing her earlier on in the yeah. story and i'm like and of course, it does cause a little beef. It causes a little beef. But when she figures out that Gu and Pana are basically engaged, she's like, oh my god, nobody told me. So she goes, runs to this musical minister man. And of course, this man is trying to sell her off to some creepy old man. Um, but oh, thank god, she's you know she's smarter than she was at the beginning of the series and she basically ruins his entire reputation of framing him for raping a maid and i said well go on with your bad self and she turns out to be a boss badass bitch and i'm like that's fucking fantastic um i did like the realism between the three girls and how it showed song going from somebody who was very inattentive to her older sisters who were like doing the trying to do the best for them and for her and now how she became attentive and smarter and stuff like that so i love that right and then we have sun sun ends up <laughs> this is so funny because sun she's like a fantastic cook right she cooks she bakes she's you know an amazing cook and so you know she was completely depressed because her son 
forsaken her her husband divorced her and their first encounter with this character who is like he's like on the list of graduates but he's Mm -hmm. not like high enough to get like a position or whatever so he's like a teacher right and he was he's shu's friend and so his first encounter with all three women is that he goes to the inn that they're staying at and tries to convince ponar to be a concubine instead of a main wife like she was promised and guess what son does throw his ass in the river i said her because what else were you supposed to do <laughs> little nearsighted bitch and i can say that i wear glasses <laughs> like this man can't see but whatever and so they have this whole thing where she basically helps him fix his sight and they fall in love because he like he loves her strength and how good she cooks and even if she has a son he's like ready for that so they have a cute little story arc all that good stuff. And of course, the biggest chunk of our story is like Panar and Gu and their love. And Panar not really wanting to um, get married or look for love. She says she doesn't want to depend on a man ever again for her livelihood. Mm-hmm. Because um, obviously that didn't work the first fucking time. And I'm like, period. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, Gu Fan is like going through this woes because his dad is a minister but his mom and his dad divorced when he was younger because his dad did some shit and so he's been living under his mother's maiden name as her nephew mm-hmm. and so his whole motivation is to become like a fifth grade decorated um um official so he can give his mother a proper burial and all that stuff and of course he's like in the game of politics and not playing them well and i was like that's a great I liked that characterization for him because the whole reason he got scammed was the man that he was working for was basically using him to try to get back at his father. Little mm-hmm. did he know this man was um this man wanted him dead anyway. He like doesn't care about him, but he was using him as like, you know, just as a killing machine, like a secret agent basically. And so I was like, okay, that's cool because a lot of Goo's pain comes from the fact that he never really, he never understood what happened between his mother and father. He always had strife against his father. All of that good stuff, right? Those are great plot points. Uh Great character arcs. But then we get to like the height of Panar's arc. Where is that we're trying to, in theory, we're trying to bring that first case with the empress and her virtue mm-hmm. and connect it to Panar's story because it's the story of basically two women who were born into lowly status who have risen to power one being the empress one being Panar as a businesswoman so a series of events starts to happen right a storm hits the capital so her tea house is ruined right also at the same time Gu finds out that the person who exiled her, executed her father and caused her to have pariah status is his own father. Um, so he starts to avoid her mm. um, while she's trying to figure out what the fuck she has to do because now her tea shop's in ruin. And, you know, he leaves her money on the table but doesn't tell her to her face that he left her money. And so when she goes to try and buy a new tea house, she gets scammed, all of that good stuff. Um, he then goes on a um, a envoy uh, mission and basically falls into a motherfucking coma for like five, three, like three episodes. And during this time, all of this shit's happening in the panner. She ends up having to, she ends up 
she ends up saving herself, but also ends up um, becoming very disappointed in Guru because nobody's actually telling her that he's in a coma because that's, you know, it's a, basically a, a capital secret. He's the head of the security office. If anybody knows that he's in a coma, could be dangerous for the entire capital, all that shit, right? And so that happens. She ends up becoming the manager of um, another character who's like very rich, who was also an enemy, but he becomes a friend. And she takes over his tea house. And they make a, the girls make an extravagant comeback. But when Goo finally gets out of a coma, he's still avoiding her because of noble idiocy. And it's just all this shit. I'm like, none of this miscommunication would have happened if he wasn't in a fucking coma. Then, also, I don't understand why he's so upset about his father being a dickhead when we've established from the very beginning that his father's a fucking dickhead. Like... <laughs> He don't care about I I I it was pissing me off. I'm like, when did this man care enough about his relationship with his own fucking father to let that affect his relationship with Panar? Mm-hmm. I was like, from day one, we were like, Dad's a snake. Even he this and this is after his father, he learns that the person who even told him about um the father connections is his own fucking dad because his dad doesn't want him to marry Ponner because she's of lovely status. His dad's basically manipulating him to be like his right hand man, even though he doesn't want to be his fucking right hand man because his other sons ain't shit. And I'm like, why, why are we I like, I get it. You're hurt for her, but get on your knees and beg and still say, I love you. What the fuck is this avoidant thing that he's doing <laughs> all of a sudden? And it didn't really, to me, match with his character. Mm-hmm. I'm like, even if it concerns his father, I know he's avoiding about that subject and he didn't tell her. And But we worked on that. Like, we worked on that. So I don't understand why we're backtracking. And so then, um, we bring in the Empress who ends up kind of being this villain for us. Um, she is utilizing Shu, Panar's ex-fiance, to take down ministers, but that also includes, it's a very complicated, because it also includes Panar and her, like, suing Shu. And so she successfully shoes him for lying to her about being engaged and stuff like that. That ruins his reputation, and therefore the Empress can't use him to take down the people that have been coming after her and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so there's this, that's this complicated political plot point but the drama undermines all of its pro-woman um, effects with this whole Empress line. Because the Empress was like, she she was presented to be very smart. Like, she literally says to well, doesn't say to us, but we find out that she wants to be Empress. Because she's like, oh, I'm going to be ruler after the Emperor dies. And so she's like, very smart, very calculated but they essentially make her whole motivation for trying to take down Panar is jealousy because the Emperor and Panar met outside of the palace when he went to her tea shop or whatever. And I was like, what? <laughs> Even if she's allowed to feel that feeling, it doesn't make sense that it doesn't make sense that this Empress, who is also a woman who started from the bottom now we here, wouldn't recognize Panar's um everything Panar has been doing to protect the Empress as something that was coming, like, as um, something that was coming from a, a villain, right? Or her enemy. 
And not only do they have the emperor lecture her and talk about how, basically talk to her like she's a kid playing politics and not somebody who knows what the fuck she's doing. They have Goo break into her palace and threaten her with a knife. I said, what? <laughs> Excuse me? And it's like, on one hand, you're like, oh, Goo's willing to go to bat for Panner. We know that. Why does he get to, like, they set up all of these scenes where it's supposed to be like, Penner is looking for justice. She's looking for, you know, justice against you because not only is this man um, an awful human being, he also murdered people. So, like, instead of them making the story about justice and about righteousness, which is a more feminist approach, they make it about, oh, the emperor feels sorry for Panar, so he's going to do all of this because her story reminds him of the empress. And I'm like, emotion shouldn't move you as much as your justice system not working. <laughs> right? They yeah. do all these things that's supposed to be like, oh, these Panar is such an incredible woman. Yeah, but you're giving all of the cool political righteous points to the men in the story right it's Mm -hmm. you're not letting her character shine through um completely and it it, i think the more thing that pisses me off is that the things that they do to basically save her at the end is just like kind of like what i call strikes of lightning plot points it's like oh she tried to do it at this one office but couldn't because such and such such and such and so then all of a sudden this random boy off the street is like oh but there's another public office that you can go bang the drum and they have to listen to your case and you're just like why doesn't this feel more thought out like even the evidence that they bring to finally take shu down at the beginning which i don't understand because shu shouldn't have been the biggest villain for them to attack like of course he's a big main plot point for Ponner, but i don't like the fact that they utilize him as like the big protagonist at the end because mm-hmm. i felt like he was a small fry that man is ain't shit was never gonna be shit and i kind of mad that they exerted all of their effort to take him down like he was actually doing shit he wasn't he was a chess piece that was constantly being moved from the bigger antagonist people mm-hmm. that i felt like they were using all of their power to take him down and i'm like you can really just say kill him and we'd be through like <laughs> but of course you have to use all this evidence like they even had this one evidence where song was just like okay so the boy who worked for shu when he was like the minister of the Tao priest basically saw him kill his old servant and then left uh clues in this music thing and i found it and therefore i decrypted it and i was just like why was it any of that plot brought in at the earlier on in the story like this plot came point came out of nowhere it's like of course we saw that little boy die but we didn't see him interact with song we didn't see him interact with nobody else it's like so why how did she find that you know what i'm saying Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, the the excuse was that she went to go see the bodies after she heard that they died by bandits and found the music on him. And I'm like, how easy would have been to write a two-minute scene where that music is just delivered to her, she forgets about it, the trial's coming up, she picks up the music, and then decrypts it. Isn't that a much cleaner story point? Like, it's, it's not that hard. It, the, I think that's what frustrates me the most. It's not that hard to make the ending of the story great. Mm-hmm. but it feels like it took everything in them to, them to make it as shitty as it was it's like I don't understand how you write like 30 plus episodes of greatness and then fuck it up 
at the last like five. How much more powerful would it have been for the Empress to realize that Panar was trying to protect her when she she basically Panar basically planted a seed? Because mm-hmm. what happens is is that um that painting that proves the virtues the virtue of the Empress or whatever, mm-hmm. um the one that she had given the minister who died at the beginning was fake, right? So the real painting she had was with her ex fiance. And so he eventually finds about about this, is manipulated by another antagonist to present this to the emperor. And then the emperor goes to Panera's tea house because he heard how wonderful the show is. And she, in a political move, off the, like, without missing a beat, plans to see that that shit is fake. Without missing a beat. I said, <laughs> come on, bad bitch. She didn't even, she didn't even know that that's the emperor, right? She was, she, it's like this, it's like this 10 minute scene where the emperor comes in and she's looking how he's interacting with this eunuch, but she doesn't know he's a eunuch, right? She's uh-huh. calling him my lord. He's just like another rich man. And just like unprovoked, like she just plants that seed and walks out. And I said, a bad bitch, <laughs> a bad bitch. She literally just protected the empress. And so instead of the empress, now they presented this empress as a smart, calculated character. Are you telling me that she wouldn't realize that Pana was trying to help her by saying the shit was fake? Mm-hmm. Like it's it upsets me that such a great pr- production had a fucking horrible end. And it's crazy because all the reviews were like, oh my god, it was great until the end. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it undermines all of the hard work. Cause you can you can look at this this production and see how hard the directors work, how hard the how hard the writers work, the actors work, and you feel the genuineness and the sincerity of wanting to make this a great project. Yeah. And then somehow it just gets fucked up in like these last five episodes. And I'm like, ugh. Like <laughs> Like, even if we, like, forget about, like, our our main antagonist or, like, who we sp- spend the last two episodes trying to take down, the whole three episodes of Goo being in a coma and that was the only way y'all could think of them to have conflict, I was like, really? <laughs> really? That's the only way we can find- figure out that they, these, two, these two people who have, like, literally been having, like, these just great intimate conversations, Marin, about- being alone and feeling alone and wanting to be each other's you know um everything but respecting like he's like he respects her agency so much but then he suddenly becomes a noble idiot because of his daddy that he really don't give two shits about yes he almost died trying to save his father and his little brother sure okay cool but when once this man finds out that your father was literally trying to make you break up with the one of your life anyway after you saved him <laughs> the man you he doesn't deserve your respect anymore so i feel like there's a lot of mischaracterization that happens in this drama there's a lot of like shoulda coulda wouldas like i just really want to i want i me and a group of dream of splendor people just sit there and just rewrite the last like 10 episodes <laughs> Because there's so much more that they could have had like a major conflict about like i liked the major conflict that um pana should realize that even if she loves goo she shouldn't rely on him for business and money mm-hmm. right like that i like that conflict i like but does that conflict have to come with noble idiocy and no communication for like three episodes <laughs> because we 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 don't even get to have them like being cute together towards the end of the story because we're so focused on bringing down Ouyang Shu, who i don't think is worth 
all of that time and energy. Fuck this man. This man is really not, he is really not that powerful. He's like, he, when I tell you he moves from one boss to another to another, and he's like, he's a cockroach that never dies. Sure. But once you brought him under the eye of the emperor, it shouldn't take that long to deal with his ass and let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let me see my girl's, living in happiness right we didn't even get to see a scene of three girls like talking together after they ended that case with oh young shu it just Mm -hmm. goes to like a compilation of oh son and the scholar are getting married and panar is back to being a badass and you know of course uh, not panar but song is back to being a badass you know musician at their tea house and you know they do like kiss and walk across a bridge and flower petals are falling but i was like are we not i mean we did we did clear up everything but like what led up to this case was that Goo was in fucking jail for like two days. So we don't even get to talk and see them like reconcile or have like that really emotional one because we're too busy trying to take down Ouyang Shu. And I'm like, this bitch is not worth your t- my screen time of my characters. He's not worth it. <laughs> so I just think there was energy used in the wrong places and mischaracterization on some point points there's a i'm sure there's a lot of plot points at the beginning of the series too but the chemistry between the leads subverts all of that and the fact that they didn't use that chemistry to the very end was just like i get it you want to wrap up your little story but i just want to see them be cute and raise their dog together like why are we (laughs) why are you depriving me (laughs) of domestic bliss you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a pitfall for a lot of historicals. They're just like, oh, historicals means political. And it's like, no. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Even my favorite historical, the story of Mingling, does the same thing. It's like, I spent 70 episodes, well, I mean, I'm not mad at that ending, but like, we spend 70 episodes going through these characters' lives and stuff like that. And we had this big plot point at the end, and I only get to see my people together for like the last three or four minutes. And I'm like, Oh, that was so unsatisfying. <laughs> it's a little bit unsatisfying. And so I wish, I really do wish that they had come up with a different ending. Um, I hope somebody fan rewrites the ending. Because like even the chain of events, I feel like if you just redid them, it would still make more sense than whatever the fuck they came up with. Um, that being said, I do suggest this. This is, I haven't been able to watch a lot of Chinese dramas this year that I've completely fallen in love with. And the beginning of the story, even the beginning to the middle of this story is great writing. It's great acting. You get to see women being women, womening together with other women. And so <laughs> it always, I, I like to say that historicals where there's more than one female lead who is a badass are good historicals. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they like to do like a lot of men. And then there's one token female who's like a badass with a sword. And that's not about what this is. None of them can fight, <laughs> really. <laughs> They're like, you know, good missile thinkers, good political players in their heads. They're great businesswomen. And so it's a fun watch. I really fucking wish they did better with the ending. Oh, it just, it, it upsets me. It truly does. Um, It truly does upset me. But, uh... I gave it a 9. I was going to give it an 8.5, but I'm like, no. The acting was too good for me to take it down that low. It's a 9. Um, Again, the writing. The writing is what lacks. The experience of watching the show is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I do say it's kind of, it's worth the 40 episodes. Was it already finished airing by the time you started it? 
Oh, I made myself not even start it until it had like okay. aired up until like 30. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't. I was like, I was not about to watch this week after week. That would have been, oh my God, Mirren. I would have, I would have taken this down to a seven if I watched it week after week. It's not that bad, but like the. I know that experience of waiting sometimes. Oh really. my God. Yeah. And I mean, but of course, Chinese shows do you give you like three episodes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, well, maybe I might even like six episodes a week. I don't know, but um, yeah, no, I would have been so upset. <laughs> I would have been highly upset. That being said, Chen Xiao is definitely one of my favorite Chinese actors. Now, the way he be looking at his female leads, like he's just gonna stare a fucking hole into them. I'm like, yes, give me obsessed husband. I love that. He plays that character so good. I feel like I've seen him in another thing where he did that. Oh, I just watched Simmer Down, which was like this random um, modern drama he did, which was, oh God, the man is good. He's very good at his job. Um, his wife is very lucky. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, I mean, this is, I think this is my first Crystal Blue um, drama. If you don't know her, Mirren, she's the actress from Mulan. Oh, okay. like the 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 Mulan that Disney made uh, oh, okay. a few years ago. So that's her. And even if you didn't like Mulan, she's great in this. You can't help but love Zhao Penner from the very fucking beginning. <laughs> like when I said I loved her by episode like the end of episode one, I was like, oh, this is my bitch. We finna. I I don't care what we're doing. I don't care if you decide to kill people. I love her. <laughs> like, um. So yeah, even with me ranting for about 30 minutes of this entire podcast, I do suggest you go watch Dream of Splendor. It is still probably top 10 for Chinese dramas. It's really good. Um, So yeah, that being said, um, I think we're going to close off the episode. What What are we doing? Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Yes. This Saturday... You know, giving you great martial arts. I also just finished Love, Death, and Robots, so look forward to that. Uh, we have some very, um, some more fun episodes coming to you the rest of July. But if you want to hear them, you gotta make sure you give us a five star review. Listen, I keep telling y'all, I would love fifty stars before the end of this year. So make sure you just hit that little five star. It's really not that hard. You know you love us. You know you just binge like three episodes straight. Stop playing with me. <laughs> um, but you can always come talk to us about Dream of Splendor on commented, um, Twitter. Or a TikTok account to podcast, or come chit chat on the Discord. We can write essays in that Discord, babe. I'm down. Do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> but until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. Bye-bye. Bye bye.